for the streets man we got a busy busy set weekend that just passed man it was crazy i can't even believe it um i guess we got to jump right into it we got we got a crazy upset knockout possibly knockout of the year candidate with the youtuber turned boxer jake paul versus UFC champion and future Hall of Famer Tyron Woodley. Now, obviously, this fight was originally set up with Paul taking on his rival Fury, but um, Fury got hurt. So, in steps in Mr. Woodley, and I gotta tell you, man. It was a hell of a knockout. Now, there's definitely been some critics of the knockout. A lot, a lot of people have been floating around the video of the knockout itself. Right before the knockout, a little bit of a hand signal from Jake Pauls. So, you know, people were saying it's been rigged and all these different things. What I'll say about this is, first off, I would like to give... Woodley, as a champ, as a former champion, the benefit of the doubt. Now, I will say this: there, you know, he retired from USC. He's not; he's no longer in that world. So, for if he were to go into the sports entertainment world, like a lot of MMA guys do, i.e., WWE, where the situations and results are already kind of predetermined i'm not knocking them and then and even in if it was a ex- exhibition match where something you know the ending was foretold already i'm still not a hundred percent knocking it because it was exciting the, the fight itself was very sloppy if you are a boxing connoisseur like myself, someone who really enjoys the sweet science and seeing people really slipping punches, counter punching, uh, moving around the ring, those type of things. But for what it was worth, it was something that I tuned into and I was interested in. And Jake Paul was getting hurt. He he was you know he was bleeding. You know, he was getting roughed up. He was getting slammed, thrown around by Tyron. Tyron definitely was more aggressive than the first fight. I'd say both of them were. And at that moment of getting knocked the f- out, he definitely left himself exposed. Let's just put it like that. I'm not going to go further as far as the whole it's rig thing, but He'll even he even admit, admitted it in the press conference that it was, you know, just a horrible mistake for him to leave his guard up down like that. 
Jake Paul, not to Jake Paul's credit, he was going to the body a lot more than the first fight. So that possibly could have been what Woodley uh, was thinking about and, you know, what could have led to it. <clears throat> now, moving forward, though, what I will say is this. I've I've had a couple uh, days to sit on it, and I've interacted with a couple people via social media talking about this whole fight and why some people want to give them credit for the knockout and some people don't want to give them credit. They say, not his, I'll say what is credit. His main detractors say he's picking guys that are over the heel and he's picking guys that are not boxers. And to that, I'll say that's true. He, you know, Willie won his fights in the UFC and his championships at 170. That he weighed in on this fight at 189. And for the average person, they may be thinking, oh, that's only so-and-so pounds. But when you're talking about combat sports, boxing specifically, those pounds matter. Reach and height is something that's very difficult for amateur boxers to overcome. If you haven't been putting in the ring um, time, the, the, the time sparring, the time in matches, to actually develop the ability to overcome height and reach disadvantages, it's very hard to do that when you haven't had that kind of experience. So having somebody who naturally, Jake Paul is about 6'1", naturally, I'd say he probably ranges anywhere walking around weight, 200 pounds, 210 pounds, maybe higher, just never know. His brother said that he was always a chubby kid, so he may have been even bigger before boxing, and he slimmed down just naturally because of how much cardio you do in the sport. Uh, but I'll say this, on Tyron Woodley's best day, like actually in shape, walking around, there's no way this guy's getting over 200. And he has solid, and he's solid muscle. He's 5'8". His frame just doesn't, isn't built to carry that kind of, that kind of weight. He came in underweight. He was like, you know, less than Jake Paul was in this front. So that tells me, yeah, he was training, but he wasn't, you know, really going that hard and i get it he retired he didn't have to cut that weight and he fought down he could have fought down that welterweight but he was a small welterweight height wise uh, even then so to fight this guy who's naturally a bigger dude that's why a lot of people were really excited about the tommy fury fight because tommy fury is his same size and they're about similar in experience as far as in the boxing ring uh, Fury doesn't have a huge amount of amateur fights, doesn't have a huge amount of professional fights. So that would have been a better gauge of what his skill level is. And it's a and a lot of times you don't see huge difference. You don't see a lot of knockouts when these guys are similar size and height. Unless it's a just a big difference in power, experience, speed, those type of things. And not to say that Paul doesn't have power. He clearly has power. He, he floored the dude with the overhand, and he completely shut his lights off. But again, any human being, if we just you know set aside the accolades and we just went strictly by two human two human males, if one human male is 
just naturally 200 pounds and the other human male is naturally 170, 180 pounds, that punch that's coming from the heavier guy, even if it's not the cleanest shot, it's going to be devastating. That's why you see these cruiserweights, which is the weight class they boxed at. You see light heavyweights. You see heavyweights. You see super heavyweights. They don't necessarily have to be just crazy strong, but they, they you know, if they connect, they can completely, you know, capitate somebody. Look at Deontay Water. Most of his knockouts came when he was about 215 pounds. So, and Tyson also, he was a short guy. Most of his uh, knockouts came when he was around that 215, 220 range. So it's it's crazy when, when people are just saying, oh, well, you know, this, this is amazing, this is amazing. Now, what I will say is this. I give him mad props because you still have to go out there and do that. And he, he still had a game opponent in, in Woodley that was out there trying to do the same to him that he got done. So... I'll give him as much credit as to say, yeah, he got the knockout. But moving forward, I definitely do want to see him fight another guy who's his height and weight and, you know, box in a boxer. That, you know, but here's the thing. Money, money, money. <laughs> you know, and these guys keep on calling him out, just like Le uh, Le'Veon Bell, the running back. For in the NFL, just called about again. So these guys keep keep lining up, and they're they don't necessarily have the experience. This guy, Jake Paul. One thing you can you can definitely say about him is he's taking it serious. He's going for knockouts. He's knocked out every dude he's fought, and the worst mistake in in any combat sport or really in, in life is to underestimate your opponent. And I think these guys are seeing him when he was, a you know, like a child star on TV and stuff and a YouTuber pranking people. And they're just like, there's no way this kid has cachet to, you know, the balls to really do it to me. And then he ends up doing it to him. So I would just say to anybody that moves on and decides to fight Jake Paul, treat it like you're fighting somebody else. Because I'll tell you what, there ain't no shame in getting knocked out by Tyson. But if you get knocked out by a YouTuber, it's like two L's. You're holding multiple L's. So you better take it seriously because it's it's pretty much the worst kind of scenario you can uh you can have happen to you, in my opinion, if you are actually a fighter. And now that is the biggest part about this. Tyron Woolley took it like a G. Uh most people might probably would have disappeared and he was right there. He, he, you know, he took, he took all the medicine, but what I will say about it is, man, I don't want to see Tyron fight no more, dude. Honestly, I feel like boxing is not where it's at for him. Um, man, yeah, it was, it was bad seeing that dude laid out like that. You know, you know, you know, you're sleeping hard when your legs are going the opposite way. You know, like he was kissing the canvas, man. So hopefully his team reaches, you know, can reach him and tell him, hey, man, you know what? Let's not do it no more. 
because there's other people that were talking about fighting him before. I know Dan Hardy was saying that he wanted to box him. And I just, I don't want to see him take no more L's. And he's 39 going on 40, man. A knockout like that, even if it was to a YouTuber, it was still something that put his lights out. And those things are not, there's only so many of those you can take anyway before things start happening to you. So, you know, I know he got paid. Good for him. Shout out to to the dude getting paid. But uh, let's let's not do that no more. You know what I'm saying? So in in the in the case of Woodley versus Paul, I guess we gotta go with uh <laughs> your boy Paul. Oof, that was bad. That was bad, man. Now speaking of actual fights that we can all appreciate Derek Lewis, man. Derek Lewis became the UFC's top guy when it comes to knocking people out. And it was a hell of a knockout for him to have done it again in the first round tells you what he's all about. And I mean, hey, look, props to to his opponent, but I don't really feel like he really had a a chance in this fight. I just I just thought that Lewis was clear superior guy and it was really just like what else what else can you do? You know, you don't want to you don't want to run up on Lewis cuz he is the man and he has so much power. And if you notice, even when Cyril Gaon fought him and Francis Ngannou, who are also known to be very, you know, knockout artists in their own right, they were very, very tentative when they fought him too. Uh, you know, for for good reason. He he's pretty much knocked out everybody that he beat, it, with the exception of Ngannou and. Of course, Cyril just beat him. Now, his his cardio is, is an issue, but hey, man, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? That's all. That's that's a that's a part of him. He even said, hey, I, can I get. Can I get a. Uh, three rounders. <laughs> hey, I don't I'm not knocking the guy for getting the three rounders. Not at all. But. When you're talking about championship fights. You gotta go five, man. Um, so maybe he needs to bring in a, a new guy, somebody new into the team to help him with his cardio. I believe if he were to lose fifteen pounds and fight at two fifty instead of instead of barely probably making two sixty five, or maybe even fight at two fifty five. I think it would make a huge difference. You would you would see a you would see a a different version of him, in my opinion. But we have to see what happens, man. There's it, just so many so many good setups for what everything is happening in, in the UFC heavyweight division right now. But hey, it's it's been pretty it's been pretty impressive for that for it to be the last card too. You got to really like that. 
You got to really, really appreciate it. Now, that's pretty much my my fight talk. There were some a few other fights that happened that that same that same night. Uh, but I'll just keep it short, just so that we can just jump right into the NFL. The NFL season is pretty much heading into the crazy part of it. it's playoff clinching, playoff scenario, picture time, and right now it's it's getting crazy. Last week, this past week, we saw a huge upset. The the Detroit Lions blew out the Cardinals, and it seemed like the Cardinals were headed toward a second or a third kind of place finish behind Green Bay. Green Bay's pretty much consistently been the best team, at least in the NFC. Some could argue the best team in the league. Others may may say, hey, Kansas City's also been right there too. Um, but I'll tell you something about the Detroit Lions. There, there's no excuse for the Cardinals to lose. Anybody that knows me knows that before this season started, I picked the Cardinals to make the playoffs, and I felt like they were going to be way better. They, I mean, they they surprised me by getting becoming the division leaders up to up to now. Now they still got to finish strong with the Lions. I mean the the Rams right there on them. But these next few weeks are gonna tell us who's gonna be number four, who's gonna be number five, and I think pretty much for the most part that they're, they're gonna end up being one of those two. This, one of them will be four. One of one of them will be five. Right now they're tied with the division. Um, Cardinals have more division wins now. The Rams have more, have one more um, conference win, and then they have basically the same win percentage and all that stuff. So it's going to work itself out in these next three weeks. One thing you can guarantee this next week is going to be a huge week because the Vikings, they got to win out to get into the playoffs, and they are playing the Rams next. So no matter what, they have to win. The Cardinals are playing the Colts, which is also a hard, it's going to be a hard uh, matchup too, because the Cardinals are, I mean, the Colts are probably one of the hottest teams right now. The 49ers are right there too. They're Now they're going on the road to play the Titans. They, they pretty much either got to win out or win the majority of their matches because they got a, a couple teams right on them. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna depend on what happens between the Saints, the Vikings, possibly San Francisco, depending on how many games they win or lose. So it's gonna be very exciting. Right now, the only thing we know for sure is that Green Bay has clinched. You know, Kansas City looks like they're in a really good position. They seem like between them. The Cowboys and Green Bay, they have like a stranglehold on their division. I would include Tampa Bay, but for whatever reason, they just they just keep losing to the Saints. Like the Saints seem to have their number. I think the the Bucks have racked up enough wins, obviously, where they're safe for the division, but this past weekend where to to get shut out by the Saints, that was pretty pretty rough. 
pretty rough to watch. Um, it was it wasn't pretty, and Tom Brady was not happy at all. So we'll see what happens between all of these. Right now, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Arizona, and the Rams are all ten and four. So one way or the other, we're gonna figure out who's gonna be number two through number five. But for the most part, I don't see any of those guys sliding too far. Even, you know, the the Rams and the Cardinals and and Tampa Bay have had some some losses these last this last month and a half that you didn't expect. But that's just football, man. These these teams have so much parity and COVID has been ravaging the league. So we're just going to have to see what happens. When it comes to the AFC, it's it's pretty much at the top there nobody's really safe. Nobody's really safe. New England is at 9 and 5, Buffalo's at 8 and 6, Tennessee's at 9 and 5, Indianapolis is at 8 and 6, Cincinnati who plays the Brown next week, they're at 8 and 6. The Browns are at seven and seven, and so are the Ravens are at eight and six. So I mean, even the even the uh, Pittsburgh they're at seven six and one. So it's gonna be such a tight photo finish over these next few weeks. Now some of these games are gonna be great, you know, because they're gonna tell us who's going to be eliminated coming or who's gonna have a really tough shot. So. The Browns play the uh they go on the road to play the Packers on Christmas. That's that's a tough game, man. You gotta I obviously the Packers have been playing the best football in the NFL right now, so and they're at home, which is very difficult. And the Browns have not been playing the best football. So I mean I'm leaning toward the Packers on that one. Uh the 49ers are traveling to the Titans. You know, it, the 49ers have been very, they've been a lot better uh, this this last month compared to prior. But at the same time, they're traveling across the country to fight, like, play against the Titans, who have been pretty good themselves. So that's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, I would probably lean toward the home team Titans. Now the Cardinals and the Colts, Cardinals have not been playing their best ball. They started off amazing, great, undefeated, and then losses started happening. And, and a lot of times that happens. And if you, if I'm a coach, I'm telling my team, hey, this is the time that we work stuff out before we get into the playoffs where the losses send us home. The You know, it was an ugly loss with the, with the Lions. And Sometimes teams can rally behind it and other teams can crumple. I believe in the Cardinals. I believe in Colin Murray, even though nobody else does or a lot of people don't. And I think he's going to ride the ship. I believe that that coaching staff is going to understand, hey, okay, yeah, we lost D-Hop, but just personnel to personnel, I believe the Cardinals have a better team, offense and defense in the Colts. and. You know, the Colts got, they have a possible MVP in, in Jonathan Taylor. Can't take nothing away from him. They have a 
damn good defense too. Uh, but I think on the road, the Cardinals do what they got to do to to win, and they basically just need one win to secure their playoff position, whether it's number four or even number five, worst case scenario. Cardinals. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Lions and the Falcons. The Lions have been playing some really good football, man. They they have six games this year, even though they haven't won. But those six games have been decided by three points or fewer. Not to mention, they had a tie with with the Steelers. They beat the Vikings and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are look like they're going to be in the playoffs. And the Vikings could have a chance to be in the playoffs. So if you're going to get your only victories of the year, why not play play teams that uh, have a potential to be in the playoffs? And you know, uh, but even saying even saying that, I still got to go with the Falcons. Just you know, they're at home. They haven't been playing the best ball neither. It's so hard to make these picks because. These teams are so inconsistent. COVID and injuries have been devastating to multiple teams. Pretty much everybody has gotten hit. The NFL is scrambling to try to figure stuff out. Uh, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stick with the home team Falcons. Now this is gonna this next game is gonna be very important, especially for the Vikings. It's gonna be the Vikings and the Rams. Vikings are gonna be at home. They have to win out, get into the playoffs, or even for to have a chance. They may still need help, but they got to win out no matter what. The Rams, on the other hand, are similar to the Cardinals, and they're either, either the Cardinals or the Rams more than likely are going to finish four or five. They're probably going to play each other first round in the playoffs unless they go unless one of those teams go on a run. But um, I got the Vikings beating the Rams. Vikings have pretty much been up in every game this year. They just have issues not finishing drives and punting the ball and those punts turn into touchdowns but if they can clean it up toward these last three weeks and finish undefeated three and oh hey it's all it's a whole new ball game but we'll see what happens the rams are definitely going to be the favorite uh but again i'm going off of you know who has more pressure and and they're and they're at home those home field games start to matter late in the season. The Jaguars and the Jets. Ugh. I mean, it doesn't really matter, so I'll just keep it moving. The Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles are are they're scrapping. They're they're right there. Like they got to win out too and have help. So I'm gonna go with the Eagles. They're at home against the Giants. The Bills and the Patriots. After what I saw last week, yes, the Colts beat the crap out of the Patriots, and they were on a they were on a long win streak. Right before that, they dominated the Bills, and now they're at home. I don't think the Bills have figured out how to beat the Patriots or what's going on with them, and they have a very bad record against teams with winner records. So I'm going to go with the Pats, and I think. You know, depending on how the Bills finish, man, they 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 may be in danger of of finishing out of the playoffs if if they lose all the rest of the games or um whatnot. But right now, we'll just stick with the Patriots winning. 
and we'll see what happens with the Bills. They have a pretty cake scheduled after this game, so they should still stay in the playoffs. Uh, the Ravens and the Bengals, man, now that's another game. That's another one of those elimination games, man. Um, depending on who wins it, one could be out of the out of it, and one could be the AFC North leader. The Ravens lost to the Bengals at home before. So it's going to be a tough game. And it really is going to depend on if Lamar's back. Lamar hasn't been playing his best games before he was injured or sick. So we're really going to have to see what happens, man. Uh, I'm going to guess that the favorites are the Bengals. Personally, I like the Ravens. I root for the Ravens. So I'm going to pick the Ravens. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't see a world where I definitely wouldn't be surprised if the Beagles were able to win at home. But a lot of the times these division games are really tight. And if the other team won, a lot of times they, you know, they they know they got to win this next one. So it's, that's going to probably be the game of the week. Um, that and on the AFC side and then the. Vikings, Rams, probably going to be the NFC side. They're just so close, so close. And, I mean, you can even throw in there the 49ers and Titans game, too, because those are important, too. But, I mean, the Ravens and the Bengals game is really, it's it's as, as close to an elimination game as it gets, man. You know, now we're going to the Chargers-Texans. Chargers are pretty much, as long as they don't just completely, you know, just shoot themselves in the foot. They should make the playoffs. They're playing the Texans next, which should be a W. The Bucks are playing the Panthers next, which should be a W. They've already pretty much locked up their division and playoff spot. They just have to formally win an, you know, another game or so. Clinch. The Bears and the Seahawks, they're not in the playoffs, so it's not really doesn't really matter. The Broncos and the Raiders, the Raiders got to win out and they need help. Uh, so I would guess that the Raiders are going to be the ones to pull it out. The Steelers and the Chiefs. The Steelers also, they're right there, and they need help, but they definitely got to win out. Unfortunately, they're going on the road to play the Chiefs. I don't think they have the firepower to stick with the Chiefs, who've been playing really good ball. And the Steelers are just really bad on the road. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Washington versus Cowboys. Cowboys have pretty much had a headlock of this division. I don't think anything anything changes. So I'm going to roll with the Cowboys. And the last game of the week, which will be a Monday night football game, is Dolphins versus the Saints. Again, um, the Saints are in that win-out type of situation too. So I'm going to end there at home uh, on Monday night. I'm going to say they're going to beat the Dolphins. Dolphins have been one of those inconsistent teams that pull out victories, though. They've, they've been winning a lot of games, so I could definitely see them playing spoiler, but the Saints defense is going to give Tua a lot of problems, I believe, and that home field advantage is definitely going to help. I'm going to roll with the Saints. That's that's this week going, going um week 16 and and the recap from last week. So we're going to see a lot of stuff start to take 
to sh- uh, shape up. Now, if I'm if I'm going with my projections of how it's going to end up being, I believe that this the the, the week 17s they're going to have a few very important matchups. The Cardinals are going to play the Cowboys and that could determine if the Cowboys could could be a two seed possibly if they keep winning out um which is a big deal or they possibly could you know depending on how now here's the, here's here's something to think about if green bay were to lose to the vikings let's say the vikings win out and they um they get in the playoffs dallas there there is a scenario where dallas could be number 1 seed if they win out uh, it's, it's so it's still so many different scenarios that could play a factor. Arizona, the Rams, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Dallas. You know, most they pretty much all could seesaw with each other, depending on who wins what and how that goes. Um, it it's really crazy. Now, Green Bay obviously has the tiebreaker over Arizona. So unless they were to lose um, a couple times, they look like they're secured for the first seed. But anything can happen, man. Tampa Bay's right there. They got a real cake schedule. They're probably going to win out. Now, obviously, COVID and injuries could could play a part in that too, but they still got TB12 and Coach Arians, and I think with the remaining schedule, there, that's good enough to beat the, the the rest of their teams they're playing. So, my guess would be Green Bay will finish number one, and then it's just gonna be a toss. And Tampa Bay could finish number two, and then it'll be a toss up between. Dallas, the Cardinals, and the Rams between three, four, and five. That would be my guess. Um, just because of how it's looking with these other teams, man. Um, but I'm pretty sure that these guys were all going to be in there. The real question is going to be who's going to who's going to be at number six and number seven. Right now, San Francisco San Francisco controls their own destiny. New Orleans controls their own destiny. If they if both those teams went out, there's definitely a scenario where they just go. You know, you just keep winning and you're in. So we'll have to see what happens. You just keep winning and you're in. Um or or the Vikings, if the Vikings were to keep winning. Now see that's a, here's another thing. If the Vikings win, they directly are, are playing the Rams. Um so what's going to happen then, you know? Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough to see what happens. I'm very interested. So we'll just have to find out next week, and we'll keep you, we'll keep everybody updated for the recap, and then the following week we'll do some picks too and see what happens, see what, what we were right on, what we were right, what we were wrong on. Obviously, this last week was pretty crazy with 
the New England losing to the Colts, which didn't affect, well, I mean, possibly could have affected their number one seed first round by Arizona. They pretty much lost their chance at a first round by. So, yeah, it was a pretty big week. Let's see what happens next week. We're out. Thank <laughs> you.